Thank you for downloading this episode of the Research Files podcast series, brought to you by Teacher Magazine. I'm Rebecca Vukovic. Many people believe that because young people are digital natives, they are also digital savvy. But a new report from researchers at Stanford University's Graduate School of Education has found that young people do experience difficulties when it comes to evaluating information they find online. In fact, this research, which tested middle school, high school and college level students, found that 80% of participants thought that sponsored articles were actual articles and had a hard time distinguishing where this information actually came from. One of the co-authors of the report, Sarah McGrew from the Stanford History Education Group, joined me on the line from California to discuss her team's findings. Sarah McGrew, thank you for joining Teacher Magazine. Thanks for having me. Um, So we're here to talk today about the Stanford University study titled Evaluating Information, the Cornerstone of Civic Online Reasoning. And there was a really interesting line from that report, and I'll read it straight from the executive summary. It said, our digital natives may be able to flip between Facebook and Twitter while simultaneously uploading a selfie to Instagram and texting a friend, but when it comes to evaluating information that flows through social media channels, they are easily duped. So Sarah, I was wondering, why do you think it is that young people are so easily fooled by fake news? So I, I, um, I certainly think they are. I also think that although our study covered young people, I think, and I think we often assume, like that, like we argued, that young people um, are just as fluent and proficient evaluating information as they are, you know, surfing the internet. Um, that this would probably apply to adults too. And I think you, hopefully, someone will <laughs> study adults and um, see. I think probably some similar shortcomings. Although I think often we assume that adults don't aren't as fluent online because they haven't grown up with technology in the way they are, that our young people have. Um, but I really think that the technology is outpacing us. That we we've had these sort of traditional means of evaluating information we've relied on on information gatekeepers like like newspaper editors um, and publishers and we've had some sort of traditional markers of authority that we've relied on um, like reference lists or professional appearance um, things that have served us well you know in eras before the internet but mm-hmm. but technology is so quickly sort of outpacing us um, and changing and we just haven't kept up with it um, And I think particularly when we're talking about um, contentious social and political issues that young people and adults have really strong opinions about, Mm -hmm. um, it's easy to be fooled, right? If you see something that aligns with what you already believe or what you want to believe, um, it's easy, especially if you haven't been taught to to trust something before evaluating it thoroughly. And um, as you said in the report, um, the times have changed. And you mentioned just earlier, ordinary people once relied on publishers and editors and experts to vet the information they consumed. But nowadays, we access information from countless different sources. So I was hoping you could explain to me why it's important that we're actually taught to evaluate information, to distinguish what's reliable and what's not. Yeah, I think it's monumentally important because obviously people are relying more and more, especially young people, on the Internet as their primary source of information about the world. 
and the evidence we have uh, so far shows that they're not very good at it, <laughs> at, at deciding what's true and what's not, right? And that has impact on the personal decisions you make, ones that are pretty low stakes, mm-hmm. um, but, but also has, has high personal cost if you make decisions based on bad information and high public cost, right? We, we are particularly concerned about the fact that we live in a democracy where the level of information of our fellow citizens has impact on the choices they make and the actions they take. Um, and if we're not basing our actions and our decisions on good information, uh, I think that's a real potential threat to democracy. Yeah, that's really interesting. And just to go back a bit, I was hoping that you could briefly talk me through how you actually went about completing this research, so the steps that you took along the way. Sure. So uh, we followed a a pretty careful um, and exhaustive process of assessment design uh, where we first sort of describe and lay out the domain that we're interested in assessing um, and then then drop prototypes of the assessments, but very quickly get them out to to piloting, right? We know that, that we as adults might not be great at designing tasks that are really clear for students and assess what we want to assess. Um, So we start with sort of small groups of students piloting our tasks, and then based on the responses, we get revised the tasks uh, and repilot until we're happy with the tasks. Mm. Um, And then we do think aloud interviews with students. So we sit down with the task, um, and and a student asks them to complete it, and then to just talk us through their thinking, again, to make sure that the task is tapping uh, what we intended it to tap. And then once we once we're pretty happy with the task, we um, send it out to larger numbers of students again to um, ensure that the task is working like we think it should, and to start to get a sense of what students can do with the task. Um, and that's what what our report is based on is those those large numbers of um, students taking the tasks once they were complete. Mm. Yeah, and one thing Sarah I got from reading the report, and I guess reading the response to the report as well is that people don't, are really unaware of this as a problem. And I actually read in the report as well that you and your co-authors had a little sense, little sense of the depth of the problem when you first began this study. So I was hoping you could talk me through some of the next steps you've taken or will be taking to bring awareness to this problem. Yeah, I mean, I think we've been sort of overwhelmed and, and happy about the response to the report, that people are really taking it up and, and starting to realize along with us um, what a big problem this is and how, how hopefully much of a response it requires. Um, so we're working on a couple of things. One, we're building uh, more assessments. So we have uh, a set of 15 that we'll hopefully be releasing by the end of the, the school year, um, along with accompanying student responses and rubrics. Um, but we're also, I think, even more sort of critically starting to think about curriculum. So thinking about how teachers, how to support teachers in using these tasks in their classroom, but also to go about um, teaching students to do a better job evaluating information online. Um, And we're sort of just in the beginning stages of that work, but trying to think carefully through um, what kinds of subject areas it fits best within and, and what really powerful, high quality lesson plans would look like. Um, to help students do a better job learning to evaluate information. Yeah, fantastic. And then finally then, Sarah, what can individual teachers do to help their students to become more digitally literate? (laughs) I think the first thing I would say is don't make assumptions about what students do and, and don't know or can and can't do online. You know, like the premise of our report, I think it's easy to assume that young people are really fluent 
online and maybe even more fluent than we are, <laughs> which is scary to take on as a teacher. Um, but I think this report shows that that's not necessarily true um, and that teachers should have some way of sort of checking where their students are uh, before they take on teaching this. And then I would say focus on just a few of the most important sort of questions or ways of thinking that you want students to acquire. Um, so at least in the U.S., a, a sort of common way of teaching um, website evaluation is these long checklists with like 20 to 30 question, yes or no questions um, that students answer as a means to evaluating. Um, and while that's something I think, I think it's sort of problematic to ask students to go through such an exhaustive evaluation process that they won't necessarily replicate on their own. Mm -hmm. um, so we're trying to think about just a few things, what are the key questions? Um, that you'd want students to ask, you know, just if they're going to take a few extra seconds to evaluate something before they, you know, retweet it or post it on Facebook, what, what would you want them to ask? Um, so like the question, one of the questions we think is really important is just who's behind this, you know, what's, and what's their motivation? Um, so helping students learn how important that question is to ask, um, but then also how you go about answering it online. Um, because the internet does provide lots of resources to help us figure out who's behind websites and, and information that's posted. Yeah. Um, so that's just one example. And like I said, we're still very much in sort of development mode, but I think there's certainly things teachers could do now um, to help students both acquire the sort of ways of thinking um, and dispositions to, to think carefully about information, but also the specific skills they need to, to assess it. Yes, that's some really practical advice there. Well, Sarah McGrew, thanks for sharing your research with Teacher Magazine. You've been listening to an episode of The Research Files from Teacher Magazine. To download all of our podcasts for free, visit acer.ac forward slash teacher iTunes or www.soundcloud.com forward slash teacher hyphen A-C-E-R. To find out more about the research discussed in this podcast, And to access the latest articles, videos and infographics, visit www.teachermagazine.com.au.